On a particularly hot and sleepless night a few weeks ago, I struggled downstairs, sat on the sofa, gave in on the idea of sleeping and instead looked at Facebook. And while I was on Facebook, I came across a message from my old school friend, Mark, Mark Joy, a really good friend of mine uh, for many reasons, not least because he'd always, uh, he always quite fancied my best friend Louise. It was always the way. Anyway, I had a message from Mark um, and it just stopped me in my tracks. And I know that everyone who's heard this story um It's something that stayed with them as well. His sister, Lisa, died during childbirth, both herself and the baby that she was carrying and was giving birth to, Louis. They both died. It was a complete freak, one of those things that you just can't imagine will happen in this day and age. And Mark was setting out to run seven marathons in seven days uh, in order to raise money for well-being of women and to go into a search and to make sure that something like this should never, ever happen again. But also, most importantly, in memory of Lisa and Louis. And he asked me for my help. He said, Faye, you know people, fact, in the way that Mark always speaks. Uh, I want you to get this word out there. What, What can you do? And so... We did. We got the word out there and very quickly it was picked up on by local news, national news. It became a national news story and quite rightly so. Um, Mark, not someone who's dead keen to, to chat and spend time behind the mic, obviously, in between running his seven marathons, had to make time for the various interviews, but uh, promised me that he would make the time to sit and tell Lisa's story and hear about her background and, and the events that took place on that day. He was keen to have some runners join him on the Bristol legs, so he went down and ran a few miles uh, as he was taking part in his fifth of seven marathons. So I started by asking him, how many miles had he clocked up by then? Oh God, don't ask me testing questions. I don't know how many miles I am. Um, I don't know, get me a calculator. No, I really, I know it's like 184 in total I need to do. And I've been doing a bit over it as well, so... I don't know. I still don't know. <laughs> Ask me again in a mile. I'll do the calculations. And how do your legs feel? Uh, they feel in pain, but it's a kind of steady level that I'm, I don't know. I can tolerate. I think for the uh, for the rest of the distance. So yeah, no, I'm fairly fairly content with it. No injuries, which is the important thing. So yeah. You're looking really fresh. I'd never guess that you'd. We've already run ten miles or so today, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, ten miles. I was. Couple of loops around sunny Brisington, um, then round the Ring Road to Warmley. So yeah, ready for the rest. And you had to stop for a bit of a, a media pit, didn't you? You've had telly there, radio interview this morning. How was all that? Did it sort of make you? What were you more nervous about, the running or the media? No, I was way more nervous about the media. Um, yeah, I feel really kind of. Uh, I don't know. I want to publicise this stuff as much as possible, but. I don't really want to be, have to be the person to do it. Um, so I'm a bit reluctant with stuff like this. But I, I mean, it's good. It's good for raising awareness of the charity and the conditions. So I'm happy with that. And, you know, on marathons, there obviously is, is that point where you hit a bit of a wall. Mentally, how is that? Do you go to a place? How do you cope? Um, well, I, I tended to... I don't know. I've, t- I've got to a... a a level where it's pretty much a permanent wall so uh you know as long as i'm kind of eating and taking breaks and taking things steady then it's been kind of going okay and you know it helps a lot when people are around you to distract you with chat and stuff like that so yeah it's been really good
And quite a good crowd today. Is this what you expected? Uh, it was more than I was expecting. It's great. It's really nice. Um, I only expected it like a couple of family members to come out and maybe for a bit of a bike ride. But now loads of people are here. Loads of friends and, you know, friends and family. And that's really nice. And next stop, are you, how much, are you breaking this into, into pieces? Or she says half asking for herself, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I've just been kind of stopping when I felt in need of water and a break. Uh, so sometimes it's been just a couple of miles. Sometimes it's been, you know, five or six or more. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm in no super rush. So I just want to get around steadily. So we'll stop kind of whenever is really necessary. Well, good luck, Mark. You're looking fresh. And I'll catch you again at the other side. <laughs> All right, thanks very much. Last time we spoke, we were saying goodbye at the Bird in the Hand on the Bristol to Bath cycle path. So tell me about your journey since then, Mark. Right, so after Bristol... So Bristol was good. It was great catching up with everyone. Um, and I think, actually, that, in retrospect, that was probably one of the easiest of the runs I did the marathons I did because I was so distracted with talking to everyone that by the end of it I kind of uh, I realised that I breezed through it obviously afterwards I was feeling terrible but during I, was, I felt pretty good um, yeah and that was that was simply because you know there were so so many people to chat to so many like Lisa's friends and family and stuff uh, yeah so I, I, I really enjoyed Bristol and then there was so after that we were down to Exeter um so Lisa's, we've got family in Kenton near Exeter, which is kind of near Dawlish, um, Dawlish Warren. Um, so I went down there and I ran the X Trail, which is from Dawlish up to up towards Exeter, around and back down to Exmouth. And then I needed to add on a few miles, so it was from Exmouth back up towards Exeter. That was lovely. Lots of um, well, our kind of our our Kenton Exeter family down there. Uh, and they were great, like really good support, and um, you know Lisa's cousins and uncle were running and cycling with me, and and uh, everybody else was uh, whooping as I as I kind of crawled past. Um, so that, that that was really good. That went well, and then and then it was and then yesterday that was Cornwall. So Cornwall was started in Bodmin and ran the Camel Trail, and the Camel Trail is like an old um, an old. Uh, it's it's um, railway routes that run the length of the River Camel. So I ran up towards Wenford Bridge, a tiny place in the middle of nowhere, but this is on this Camel Trail, and then back towards Bodmin, and then out towards Padstow. And it was a really lovely route, and um, my brother-in-law, my older sister's brother, uh, cycled with me the whole way. So like from the early morning. And um, yeah, nice, nice. Uh, the scenery was like a lovely distraction. Then finished up in Padstow, which was really nice um, in the terms of ce- in terms of scenery. It was a pretty emotional, uh, <laughs> emotional at the finish line. I blubbed, and my mum was there, and she blubbed, and uh, uh, but it, it, it was lovely. And then, um, then of course, over the course of the seven days, I had all this stuff in in the back of my head that I plan to do when I finish this right I'm going to run to the beach clearly I was unable to run to the beach but I, I went to the beach and I you know I, I kind of uh, yeah crawled in cooled off my legs then uh, then was desperate for food so went with family to you know to kind of like a nice meal and yeah, it was lovely yeah, it was a nice end so I was glad of that
How does it feel now it's over? It must be a really strange feeling. Yeah, I, 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 it's kind of odd. I think physically, well, um, over the past few days, I, I got the impression you, I kind of, I became physically just uh, a bit of a, an automaton in terms of getting up and, and needing to do this thing. Not really, you know, so um, de- uh, disengaging my brain and just knowing how to, how to do it. Um, but this morning, the idea of running anywhere is it's just... I just feel utterly incapable of doing uh, of doing anything today, which is bizarre because yesterday I got up, you know, seven a.m. and just straight out of the door and started running. Uh, now I, blimey, I wouldn't even run for the bus or, uh, yeah. Um, so I've I've just I felt really really shattered today. Uh, yeah, and I just got in in the car to drive over here and I talk, I sat at the wheel for a couple of seconds thinking. Yeah, should I do it? Am I, cap- am I capable of this five-minute journey? Thankfully, I am. <laughs> I was, um, but yeah, I'm feeling very tired today. But uh, but but really happy that I was able to um, to complete it. Just because, yeah, you know, the longer I do, you do something like this, the more chance there is of injury. And um, and thankfully, nothing serious happened. I was able to get through it and uh, and finish it up, and you know, complete it for. You know, because it was something I was doing really for Lisa and Louis. So if I hadn't finished it, I would have been incredibly angry with myself. But but I did, and I'm happy. So it's good. I mean, Lisa and Louis' story has just touched so many people's hearts. The amount of people I've spoken to have stumbled across it on Facebook, and you know, moved them to tears. How did it feel as a family to cope with something like that? Uh, we were we were really in in shock for ages. I mean, I I don't know. I I. We're only kind of slowly being able to uh, comprehend it, really. Um, yeah, we. It's it's been very difficult to uh, because we didn't have a big funeral. We had a tiny funeral. There were like only nine people there, and we didn't have anything after. You know, no kind of wake. I live in Ireland, and the the Irish kind of deal brilliantly with kind of death having a wake and getting people together and really celebrating the life. And we didn't do that, and it's really felt like there's kind of, you know. Um, stuff hasn't been talked about so it's good to have a uh, something like this like a, a focus like this where we've been able to talk a bit more and you know share old memories with friends and family that's that's been really good um yeah and i think it's 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 been useful in um in a way in in that sense uh but yeah it's it's, it's been it's been incredibly tough and you know, difficult to uh to get through that that shock that we first felt what tell me what Lisa was like? What was your childhood like? Because you're one boy of three sisters, is that right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I've got an older sister. Then uh, there's me. Then there's Lisa. So she's two years younger than me. Older sister's four years older than me. Uh, and then we've I've got a youngest sister. She's eleven years younger than me. So myself and Lisa were like closest in age. Uh, and Lisa was a real because she's only a couple of years younger than me. She, you know, she was a real like tomboy. Um, as a kid, always getting into trouble, and you know, I'm sure I was halfway leading her there as well. But uh, yeah, she's she was brilliant fun as like a kid. Then we went through the you know teenage years of never talking to each other and you know throwing stuff across the table at, uh, at tea time, which I think every um, you know brother and sister do. Uh, but after that, you know, we became really good friends again. I, I think now it's only really in retrospect that uh, I've come to realise I think she was probably my best friend um, 
which is kind of unfair on her because I think she was best friend of lots of people because she was you know she was such a great listener and also I think the thing was she was really uh, non-judgmental um, it's really difficult to you know when you chat to someone or listen to someone's problems to come back with an answer or say oh well yeah you, you know you should be doing x or y but Lisa was you know she she wasn't like that at all she would listen and she was a great listener and she was always there for people um but yeah she you know she great fun um she real kind of highs and lows girl you know she she'd be uh yeah really kind of up on the ceiling and and throw a strop the next minute but that's what made her so lovable and unpredictable as well but uh but yeah you know god I, I love her dearly and um yeah, you can miss her an incredible amount. Um, yeah, as, as we all do. And how did her and Phil meet? Uh, they that's a good question. They met on holiday, actually. Yeah, they met on holiday. Um, I can't remember where it was, but this was about um, eleven years ago now. Uh, yeah, they met on holiday. Perhaps it was was it Mallorca or, or Crete? I can't remember. But yeah, they they met away on holiday and. and um, you know, I think both of them kind of hit it off at the same time, and uh, and uh, they, yeah, they kind of like relationship kind of blossomed from there. Very much like a a Gavin and Stacey type relationship. You know, Phil's from kind of Essex, and, and Lisa's from you know West Country this way. Uh, and you know, they travelled a lot in between. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, things went really well for them after that. And what happened on the day, Mark? Because until that day, the pregnancy had all been completely normal, hadn't it? Yeah, like, you know, Lisa, um, every, you know, on every test, Lisa was completely standard, completely healthy. Uh, actually, she was, there was, um, uh, she had some extra kind of scans as well, because where the the maternity ward, the hospital she was at, they kind of offered her these extra scans, because one of the researchers was going through this thing of, you know, doing more frequent scans. So she was being more more heavily monitored than, like, the average mum. Uh but yeah, she you know she was completely perfectly healthy, and no reason to um, expect anything untowards. And she you know she just wanted to have like a, a natural birth. She wasn't um, uh, nothing more kind of complicated than that. Uh, but yeah, on the on the on the day early in the morning, she she kind of felt um, uh, kind of labour uh, starting. So herself and her husband went to the hospital which was about um i think a half an hour's drive or so uh and she got kind of checked out uh they said well she was a bit too early really to kind of stay in hospital so they gave her the option to either stay there and you know it could be quite a while or just go home and then come come back in so she said i will you know we'll, we'll go home um and see how things uh you know, carry on so they did, so they turned around and went back to the, the, the farm where they live, uh, or sort of the journey kind of back to the farm. And, and um, at that time, on the way to the hospital previously, or on the way to the hospital that morning, uh, Lisa had called my mum and dad and said, oh, you know, I'm going into labour, so uh, come and drive up. Um, so this, so mum and dad started to drive the drive from Bristol to uh, to Essex, where they live. Uh, and by the time Lisa had got back from the hospital, my mum and dad were there. Um, so they you know, sat down, had a cup of tea and stuff and potted, out, potted about a bit and then suddenly uh, Lisa just um, my mum said she just said uh, Lisa just said uh, I, I don't feel well and Lisa kind of 
turned very pale, went quiet, and then just collapsed. And uh, you know, my mum was there, and Lisa essentially collapsed into my mum's arms, um, not breathing. So my mum phoned the uh, phone nine nine nine. Took advice over the phone for like CPR. So my mum did CPR on, on Lisa, and during that time, they obviously an ambulance was coming, uh, and the ambulance came. The ambulance, the paramedics gave CPR as well. It must have not been going well because they uh, then called an air ambulance out to to pick up Lisa. Um, Lisa was then taken you know, in air ambulance to hospital where they kind of operated on her, tried to save the baby, tried to save Lisa. Um, the ba- uh, baby, Louie, um, couldn't be saved, but they, they tried to uh, do as much as they can for Lisa. I mean, Lisa was kind of hemorrhaging heavily internally, so they they, they got her into a... Um, uh, uh, they kind of stabilised her um, that day and she was then in intensive care for another uh, another five days so the things we think about Lisa's is collapsing and dying on that day because subsequently we turned uh, it, uh, after much kind of research and kind of coroner's um, uh, inquiry it turns out effectively she did she had such a mass that what had happened caused much so much um, brain damage. It was such kind of catastrophic brain damage that she essentially died kind of on the spot and and had felt nothing. So it, um, uh, she was her, her kind of body was um, in intensive care uh, on life support for another five days, but there was nothing of Lisa there. So. Um, so you know we think of Lisa as uh, as kind of passing away on that on that first day and and you know as far as that's what happened to her as well you know she, that's the last thing she knew um but yeah that that the actual that process of her being there her body being there on life support was made things you know very difficult uh for the family as well to kind of get through but um but yeah those were those were the course of events and that was how things you know um panned out did you have hope during any of that time? Well, we did actually, yeah. Um, because it, it was incredibly unclear what had happened and because they really weren't sure how much brain damage had occurred, they were unable to say with any certainty um, uh, you know, that, that Lisa was gone. So we were hopeful, especially on that... As, Lisa essentially um, collapsed during childbirth on the um, Thursday, and there was a Friday and the Saturday. So we, we were hopeful in on on the Friday, or we thought there was maybe still a chance in this kind of void of lack of knowledge. Not that we were told that um, you know things would be very positive, but in a lack of um, yeah information, we were we were hopeful. And it was only really on the Saturday morning that um, we were kind of drip fed a bit more information which kind of hinted towards uh that that there was a very high likelihood that, that Lisa had suffered kind of you know just catastrophic brain damage but it took until the Monday um for all the uh the various scans they do to to um yeah to uncover this be- because the there's a process through kind of um intensive care where they cool the body down 
and and uh, make sure all the organs are kind of functioning and then and then kind of re um uh, kind of change things bring the the body temperature up again and the body temperature was up again on monday which was when they could do the scans and which is when they uh, were able to um you know say for certain that, that you know there's that there was nothing there um so yeah there there was hope uh but it was it was misplaced hope because lisa you know she she'd collapsed on collapsed and died on that first day to all intents and purposes so december the 15th yeah 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 that thursday yeah and were they both buried together, Lisa and, Lisa and Louis? Yeah, um, well, cremated. Um, so their ashes are are at the the farm where um, where Lisa lived. Uh, yeah, together. Um, which uh, their um, her husband has the ashes, and they're they're in the farm, and uh, we're not sure. Kind of maybe long term well what will happen to them but at the moment um lisa's husband you know really needed them there quite understandably um and uh yeah you know we 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 go and we spend a lot of time going to visit uh lisa's husband phil and and you know the ashes and stuff uh so yeah, yeah. and have they ever found out what caused it well so they know the um yeah they they know that the kind of the They've got a name for the obstetric emergency that occurred, which is an amniotic fluid embolism. So this is when material from like the amniotic sac uh, enters the mother mother's bloodstream, and an embolism uh, then occurs. So the the like the cardiorespiratory system, the lungs and the and the the heart just they shut down. Um, they just uh, kind of stop functioning. Um, that, that's the kind of process. So they know how the mechanics work, but they they've got really no idea like ha- why this occurs. Ha- um, you know what are the risk factors. Uh, um, so they don't know what causes it. They know that the mechanic. They've got a name for the condition, but they really don't know you know why this why this occurs. Which is is you know incredible, really, given that it's one of the major. Um, uh, causes of of um, like maternal uh, mortality in in childbirth. Uh, so when a mother dies, admittedly, um, very few mothers die nowadays in childbirth. But when a mother d- does die, uh, and baby is um, it's a very high uh, uh, you know it's kind of it's one of the top ranking factors. And th- but they really just don't understand it at all. Which is you know why this charity that we, I was raising money for, or try, or, you know people donated to um they put money into research towards conditions like this or uh trying to uncover you know risk factors and causes for stuff like this which i you know it's a, it's a great charity so yeah and your elder sister was pregnant at the same time i mean how did that feel as a family uh yeah they were they were pregnant they were pretty much due at, at almost exactly the same time my older sister was due a, a few weeks later um yeah, no, it, it was it was great. The, uh, I mean, you know, my two sisters spent those kind of nine months on the phone together, just you know, planning things and talking through, like all you know, mums do, or you know, mums to be do, kind of asking for advice and how are you feeling and stuff. And uh, yeah, and you know, they were just they were both kind of over the moon, spending all their time planning on what the kids were going to do and stuff. And um, yeah. It, it, Expectations were were, you know, just very high, which I think it made it all the more kind of crushing when uh, 
when when it when it occurred. Um, but yeah, I I I really I mean, my older sister uh, gave birth three weeks after Lisa kind of collapsed and died during childbirth, and I um, I've got no idea how she kind of mustered the the kind of courage to go through, uh, like to battle through that the grief that she was feeling and obviously the the kind of the fear as well because she hasn't no one has any idea what the the kind of risk factors are so she was thinking well is this genetic as well you know well i'm sure she was mostly thinking and kind of was already was still overwhelmed with grief for lisa so maybe wasn't thinking too much of this but but it it must have been entering her head and i've I've never really talked to her about it because it's such a difficult thing to talk about but um but yeah, amazingly, you know, she did incredibly well and thankfully gave birth to a really healthy kind of baby girl, Honey, who's doing doing really well. Um, it's, it's great for uh, uh, great for kind of the family to have that that focus as well. And you know, when we see fu- um, see Honey, we also kind of see Louis as well, which is a you know really nice thing. Um, yeah, yeah. When you were running, Mark, I mean, marathon running is. <laughs> A pretty hard and gruelling experience. You must have thought about Lisa in some of those moments. Oh yeah, no, I mean, yeah, most of the time, um, yeah, especially that. I mean, there were long periods where I, I, I'm, I had great support during the running, um, but there were periods when I was running on my own as well, and you know, those are the times when I uh, was able to really kind of um, go over old uh, old memories. I've, I've got a terrible memory, but but. But things come back, and you know you're able to kind of link them through to to things that say people had told me on the previous runs, like other friends and family, and I kind of go over old memories. And yeah, that was that was really good. So I, it was good to really have that opportunity to think as well. Um, yeah, and and that I I really enjoyed. You know, there's a, a, a definitely a good thing of um, you know throughout this throughout the past seven days. And you yourself, Mark, I mean, I know you don't like to talk about this, but you, you've you been through your own difficulties yourself, haven't you? You've only got one full working lung, is that right? Yeah, I, I do, yeah. I, uh, so I've got, I've got two, two lungs, but um, my diaphragm is paralysed on one side, so it means that uh, the bad one, the left-hand side, doesn't fill up with air. It fills up with a bit of air when I kind of breathe in, but only because the other one is working. Uh, so, but I mean, m- mostly it's fine when I'm doing when I'm doing slow, steady running. That's fine. I mean, I I can't really nowadays. I can't really sprint. Um, well, I can sprint, but I just get out of breath incredibly, in an incredibly short period, and um, kind of hill walking hills. I I struggle with that um, just because my like mechanically I can't keep up with it. Uh, but but thankfully it really doesn't. Um, show or take its toll too much with like slow steady running so so yeah so this I, I knew I'd be capable of doing this well I knew like mechanically I'd be at least in terms of my lungs capable of doing this so that, you know that's one of the reasons I, I did it or you know attempted to tackle it attempted and completed yeah I, I am I am really happy I was it was completed I mean the the long the more the days passed the more various pains were coming and increasing and uh i i was really worried on um the night before last so the sixth um like marathon i was getting 
oh, terrible pains in the back of my leg towards the end of the run so I had to walk for like two miles and um, thankfully that was only like you know 20 um, yeah the 23rd mile so I walked for like two miles and then ran the last uh, mile or so and then I, w- I went to because um, I was still worried because I was still getting a lot of pain I went to this physio uh, down in um, down in Exeter um, but she was great uh, she, you know she checked me over gave me some ultrasound and told me that uh, oh, she told me that I was stupid for you know carrying on running but she did say that it should be fine it should settle um, and it was it was just overwork in that area uh, so I, I, that gave me a lot of confidence and I was um, I actually on I got up on for the, on the last day and I think I ran like the first half marathon quicker than than any of the previous days uh, unfortunately the last couple of miles of the last marathon I was walking like a oh god knows like a 90 year old carrying a yeah a hod of bricks um, so I really struggled through the uh uh, the last, oh, it heated up as well. It got very hot, uh, very hot going into Padstow. Oh, and uh, and I realised I misjudged it, so I'd actually, I needed to do an extra two miles to get into Padstow. Oh. So I actually ended up running kind of twenty-eight miles, and it dawned on me too late that I'd that I'd kind of miscalculated. So at that point, I just I just thought I need to keep running, otherwise I'm not going to I'm not going to make it. So uh, yeah, I just ran into um, Padstow and then uh, met the family. Had a bit of a blub um, with me mum, um, and then uh, the um, BBC Spotlight came along and with cameras and asked, without uh, any sarcasm, if I'd mind running a couple of hundred yards <laughs> for the cameras. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, I think I've just ran 190 or so. Um, maybe no, but uh, they convinced me, so... Um, so yeah, I ran a couple of hundred yards. I don't know whether it looked like I was doing anything other than a walk, but uh, it certainly felt like I was, you know, I, I wasn't doing much more than a walk. But um, but yeah, it, it was it was it was good that they were there in terms of like um, kind of publicising stuff. So yeah, but it was painful. Do you know how much money you've raised to date? It's uh, well, currently it's over nine grand, which I really I can't believe. Uh, it's amazing. It like say support has been brilliant. And um, yeah, I'm incredibly thankful for like everyone who's donate- donated, and uh, you know, s- like I'm sure lots of people would, um, uh, you know, I it would be um, it'd be wrong of me to thank them in a way because they, um, you know, they they would donate uh, anyway, and they 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 don't wouldn't need thanks. Um, but lots of people have have just. Uh, people I've kind of like come across and st- uh, on the runs they've they've donated they've kind of pulled stuff out of their pocket it I, it started to make me really just embarrassed embarrassed to talk to anyone because people like were just giving me money and I uh, there was at some some point where I was asking someone to take a photo and I was and I was dreading them kind of uh, asking me what I was doing because they just you know as soon as they do that they started pulling out money and uh we kept trying to say, like, no, honestly, it's just a, it's just a photo that I'm, I'm asking for. But um, no, people were incredibly kind. So uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing because the charity is not a huge charity. I mean, it really, um, the money really does make a, a big difference. So yeah, I'm really pleased with that. Really pleased. What do you think Lisa would make of all of this? Uh, she'd think I was a real idiot for doing it. Um, 
yeah she'd say I was uh, I was nuts but uh, she uh, she'd be you know she'd be happy that um, it was being done for a very good very good reason uh, and um, yeah yeah she'd still call me a plonker but she'd be you know happy that I was doing it for the right reasons so yeah and is it back to work on Monday is there a sense of normality after all this Mark um, I'm back in work on Tuesday yeah uh, I don't know I, um, I, I'm sure normality will take a while to come back because it'll take me a while to walk normally and at least for that amount of time I'll be fully aware that I've just uh, uh, done quite a big thing in, in terms of my sport, sporting life which is had uh, been mostly lows, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm glad to get this done as a as a you know as a challenge and as a fundraising effort and as a like a tribute to Lisa and Louis. Um, so yeah, so in that sense, I'm not I'm not overly keen for it to kind of wear off and get back to normality. But but for work reasons, I will need to. Yeah. And you always mention Lisa and Louis. The two go hand in hand, don't they? It's really nice you remember them both together, your sister and your nephew. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, just because, I mean, it's it's doing a disservice to Lisa as well because, you know, Louis, even, you know, during the nine months he, he wasn't, you know, wasn't there. Like, Louis was such a big part of, like, Lisa's plans and um, Lisa's kind of world that she she just want to be remembered, you know, in the same kind of breath as, as Louis as well. Um and presumably they'd chosen the name. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, they'd chosen the name and, you know, they're all kind of like all planned all already. Um but yeah, I you know, this uh you know, he was gonna be a great kind of best friend to to Honey, my older sister's daughter and um yeah, I, I, I do. I think I, I do think of them both, definitely. Mark, you've done such an amazing thing. You really have. And your family, to see them, when I saw them all together at Bristol on the cycle path, they really do pull together, don't they? I know that the grief has been horrendous, but to be united in this challenge together and in the, your marathons together must have felt like quite something. Yeah, I I mean, we're, we're a really close family. And I... I I've never really I don't think I'd ever really realise this but um but we are very close uh and yeah I mean this it, it it has brought us together but I mean we were always very close together and the the problem is that Lisa was you know and is such a kind of she was always like such a, a great um you know cementing bond in the family as well um uh, you know, she was a great organizer of like family events and stuff, and really, you know, every summer it was every couple of weeks she was trying to organize barbecues and right, let's let's do this, let's go to Ashton Court, let's do X, Y, and Z, let's get the dogs and you know go off for a walk and so you know she, she was brilliant, she was brilliant like that. Um, but but yeah, we, we've always been very close to the family and um, uh, yeah it's been really nice that we've been able to do kind of um a lot of this together and you know like my sisters debbie and uh, francesca they've they've done a lot as well you know kind of helping me out and planning this so so it's been good it's been really good yeah well thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and sharing all of this if people want to donate what can they do mark 
Yeah, we've got a, a Just Giving website. So it's justgiving.com slash seven marathons, seven days. So that's all spelt out in full, seven marathons, seven days. So, yeah, any tiny donation, you know, however small, would be brilliant. And no more marathons after this? Uh, I Yeah, never going to run again, never going to walk again. I'm getting myself a mobility scooter <laughs> as soon as I leave here. Um, no, I don't know. I'm, I'm this physio who told me uh, that I was stupid also in the same breath said, ah, of course, you know what would be good? If you did a marathon in the next two weeks, you'd cream it because your stamina is brilliant at the moment. So uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get that thought out of my head. But, um, yeah, never say never.